But have you ever asked this question? God, where are you? God, where are you? Have you ever felt like maybe he wasn't there, he wasn't listening? And you wonder maybe, and let's get really honest, maybe you wonder, were you ever there? Were you ever really there, God? Is there, is there maybe a chance, is there a doubt in my mind that you're real and you exist? And uh, then another question I want to ask you, because based on some conversations I've had this last couple of weeks, this is on my mind, uh, I'd like you to wrestle it through with me. Have you ever been disappointed in God? Maybe you thought that life would be better than it is, and in this season more than ever. God, what difference are you making? Maybe you wonder why things are happening the way they are. Maybe you're wondering why people are acting the way they do. Maybe, maybe, and I've actually, pre-COVID, walked with some people through this question. I thought the Christian life would be better than it is. I thought the Christian life would be better than it is. And you know what? Uh, uh, I want to say that that, when I hear that, like there's just like turning in my my gut and chest. Like, I want to help you understand. I want you to know what it's supposed to be like. I I don't want you to miss out on all that God has for you. It's not that life's always going to be easy. But you shouldn't be thinking, I thought it would be better. I thought it would be better. See, I am so concerned for people who go to church and pray, but they're not getting answers. Uh, they don't experience the presence and promise of God in their lives. And, it, and I know we're not able to look eye to eye and, and see each other face to face, but I do want to ask this with all sincerity. Is that you? Is that you? Uh, When was the last time God answered your prayers? Uh, When was the last time you felt God move and you're like, that was God. And you're like, Lord, that was you. God, you did that. When was the last time something happened and you were just like, God, there you go again. I love it when you do this. And if it isn't happening, then maybe there's a reason you're not experiencing that in your life. Uh, But I want you to know that. And uh, this last couple weeks, I've become aware of two individuals that have walked away from God. One says, I'm not sure if there is a God, and if there is, it's not the God of the Bible. The other one just said, I'm done. Uh, Part of what got them to be done was all of the hatred they're seeing in the name of Jesus, and, and just they decided it's never been worth it. But both of them had that same feeling. And, and I want you to hear what it is. Because I, I realize they don't even know each other, but they, their reason for giving up, the reason for walking away was this. They were just very disappointed in God. This deep feeling of disappointment. And uh, when I, I heard it, it was like everything inside me created this almost holy discontent uh, to want to go and help them. And here's the other thing I thought. Oh man, if only you would listen to the behind the scenes series. If only you would take that to heart, what we're teaching on Wednesday night. Because Wednesday night's all about a theology of God's will and working in our lives. What he does do, what he doesn't do. Because here's the thing I want you to know. Both of these men are disappointed in God, but God never said he would do what they thought he should do. God never would act the way they thought he 
would act. And, and they had this un, unrealistic expectation where God had already said ahead of time, that's not me. Or that's not what I do. And uh, I'm realizing so many people, because the Christian life hasn't been that exciting, hasn't been that vibrant, hasn't been that powerful, when that time of disappointment comes, they can't handle it. Uh, and it just wrecks them, at least in their faith, spiritually. And it breaks my heart. Let's go to Isaiah's day. I, Isaiah is in the midst of a people who are asking the question, God, where are you? Uh, they are stating very clearly, I'm disappointed. I thought it would be better. I thought it would be more. Uh, by the way, they're claiming to follow God. They're saying we did everything God wanted us to do, but it's not working. They're fasting. They're keeping the Sabbath. They're praying, but they're not seeing an answer to the fast. They're not experiencing the joy of the Sabbath, and they're not experiencing answered prayer. Jesus said, by the way, one reason God answers our prayer is so that our joy would be full. So their joy's not full. And uh, they knew all the Bible stories. They knew all the things taught in Scripture. But they started wondering, maybe it was made up. Maybe none of those miracles that we're hearing about ever really happened. Because we're not seeing it happen in our day. We're not experiencing God. Like you said, people back then did. And by the way, I want to say this. Please don't. Please lean in here. Get ready. The Bible is written so you and I would know how God and you and I, God and you, or God and I, are to interact together, how life is supposed to be like. The Bible's a story that points us to what our life should be like now. Not a story of what happened to others, but a story showing us what can happen in our lives. To us. So these people are wondering, is it real? Is it true? And so what happens is God tells Isaiah, I want you to give him an answer, but listen to this. I love it. God says, you got to shout it. I, I want you to make it loud and clear. Isaiah, you do not just speak it. You don't whisper it. You shout this out. I want you to give them the answer they need to know in a clear way, a loud way, a way they can't miss. So what is he to be loud and clear about? Well, let's go to Isaiah 58, verse 1. It, it says this. Look at it. Cry loudly. Look at that right there. Cry loudly. In other words, shout it out. It says, don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people. Here's what he's supposed to shout. Declare to my people their transgression and to the house of Jacob their sins. So God's cutting right to the chase. Here's the two things that are keeping you from the incredible life that I would want to give you, the blessings I would want to bestow upon you, the promises I would want to enact, the power I would want you to, to have be a real part of who you are. Sin and transgression, transgression and sin. And he goes on to say, yet they seek me day by day and delight to know my ways as a nation that has done righteousness and has not forsaken the ordinances of their God. They ask me for just decisions and they delight in the nearness of God. Um, 
God said, you know what, we got, here's why you're not experiencing what you would hope to experience. This is why you're disappointed, because you have a problem that blocks you from the blessing. You have a problem that keeps you from the promises. You have a, a, a lifestyle that won't allow me, and, and he goes, God said, to do this with you, because I won't do it for you when you act like this. And he calls it out transgression. Transgression is where you go against the things the Bible says to do. So when the Bible tells you to do something, that's a a commandment or a precept or an ordinance from God. And when you and I say we're not going to do it and we don't obey it, that we're transgressing the law. And sin, sin is when we're doing things we shouldn't do or not doing things we should do. And God says, those cut you off from my power. See, they were going through all the motions. They were religious, but they were not righteous. Listen to that again. Listen to that again. They are religious, but they're not being righteous. And by the way, God wants you righteous. He doesn't want you religious. Uh, uh, And they weren't living out that righteous lifestyle. So here is something you cannot miss. This is like one of those things, if I could make sure, I almost want to tattoo it on you, (laughs) etch it in your mind. What is that? And that is this, God's love is unconditional, but God's blessings are conditional. God will love you unconditionally, but God will not bless you unless you are obedient to him and you are following him and doing what he wants you to do. He will not bless you if you're lukewarm. Uh, The lukewarm don't get blessed. The rebellious don't get blessed. The complacent don't get blessed. The lazy don't get blessed. The hateful, oh man, the hateful don't get blessed. And those living in sinful lifestyles don't get blessed. And if you're wondering... Why am I not getting an answer prayer? This very likely could be the reason. Now, I would say this, for the vast majority of people, it's the reason for maybe in, there's an exception here and there. But, but this is what you need to know. See, right now, maybe you're single and you're dating a non-believer. And you know what? God said, I'm not going to bless you. You're single and you're dating a non-believer. Come on, you know better than that. Maybe you're living with someone who's not your spouse. Uh, You're living together, but you're not married. God's not going to bless that. Uh, Maybe you're looking at porn. God's not going to bless that. Uh, Maybe you're treating your family horribly. And they're at the mercy of your temper and your bad attitude. And and you know what God said? I'm not going to bless that. You're making them miserable. I'm not going to give you blessing. Uh, so God, God is warning us that, hey, my, my blessings, my promises, my power, my interceding is conditional on you being faithful to me. See, the Bible calls for us to have faith in God and to live a faithful life and to be not religious, but righteous. And God is saying, Isaiah, cry loudly. Make it clear. By the way, I'm trying to make it clear. God's love's unconditional. His blessings are conditional. So right now, where are you at? Right now, how are you living? Right now, would you say you're obedient to the word and you're not transgressing what you're called to do and you're not sinful in your lifestyle? Um, Then God tells Isaiah, I want you to take it deeper. I want you to go after three spiritual disciplines that they're doing and talk about why I'm not going to bless those. So the first one is fasting. Uh, The first one's fasting. And look what it says in Isaiah 58, verse 3. It says this. It says, why have we fasted and you do not see? God, I'm fasting. 
Why don't you see? Why have we humbled ourselves and you do not notice? And then God answers this. Behold, on the day of your fast, you find your own desires and you drive hard all your workers. Behold, you fast for contention and strife to strike with a wicked fist. And God says, you do not fast like you do today to make your voice heard on high. He said, if you're going to fast and you're going to be irritable and mean-spirited and angry and, and, and attacking people, God said, then guess what? I'm not going to bless you. He goes, you can fast all day long. You can fast for weeks. I'm not going to bless that. I'm not going to do it. And then he goes this. He goes, is this the fast which I choose, a day for man to humble himself? Is it for the bowing one's head like a reed or for the spreading out of sackcloth and ashes on his bed? Will you call this a fast, even an acceptable day to the Lord? And uh, you know what? He said, I'm not going to bless that. Now, let's talk about this. God loves it when we fast. And what does it mean to fast? Well, it means from time to time on specific occasions, you give up something, you fast from it, you give up something so that what happens is it makes you more intent in your prayers and more intense in your prayers. More intent, in other words, more focused and more intense uh, uh, with more passion. Uh, so what you could do is you could choose to give up food for a period of time. You could choose to, uh, on a more extended occasion uh, to give up something else. Um, Daniel. Daniel gave up uh, any pleasant tasting food and he gave up bathing or showering. <laughs> yeah, don't bail me out. During the COVID, I'm just not going to shower. I'm fasting. No, boy, she wouldn't like that. Uh, anyway, here's what I want to ask you to think about is when you do that, it makes you pray more. It makes you pray better. And, and that's the purpose of the fast, not to make yourself miserable, but to make yourself reminded that, hey, I'm going to pray more. I would love for you, let me give a parenthesis moment. I would love for you, every single one of you, to join me on November 3rd. It's coming up Tuesday. It's election day. I would love for you to join me in fasting that day for three things for healing in our land, uh, for the future of our nation, and for the future of our church. For healing in our land, for the future of our nation, and for the future of our church. I think it's a great day to do that. You do it how you want to. But what I'm going to do, from sunup to sundown, no food. From sunup to sundown, no food. And, and I'm just going to pray, pray, pray for healing in our land. And uh, for for the future of our nation, and for the future of our church. By the way, right now, if you're going to join me in this, would you put it in the chat? Would you say, Pastor Chuck, I'm in. Pastor Chuck, let's do this. Crossroads, come on. Let's unite together, and let's do it right. Let's do it right, because God calls for us to fast and pray for important things, but we got to do it right. We have to do it right. And by the way, these people were doing it wrong. Now, we already read what they were doing wrong, but let's talk about it right now. What were they doing wrong? Uh, first of all, they're irritable. Uh, very often when we give up food, you get irritable. 
Uh, I don't know if that's true for you, but uh, there's a lot of people on my staff, not just one or two. We have quite a few people on our staff that uh, they get hangry when they're hungry. <laughs> I actually, I never heard that till I got with some of them. And, and they would joke about it. I'm hangry. And I'm like, wait, wait, what is that? And I, maybe you already knew. I, and they were like, no, whenever I'm hungry, I get angry, which is hangry. And, and so they get that way. And uh, you know what? I, I look at them and, and I see it. Like maybe it's almost lunchtime. I could see them getting irritable. I could see them getting short. I could see them getting tense. And I, I'll look at them and say, you know what you need to do? You need to gain a few pounds here. You got to put on some, some extra uh, baggage to carry extra food around. <laughs> hey, I'm ready for days. Man, I could go. <laughs> but they're all thin. So, you know, anyway. God said, when you get irritable and mean-spirited and tense and quarrelsome and you take it out on other people, God said, I am not going to honor that. I am not going to indwell my spirit into that occasion. And Isaiah's telling them, he's saying, you know what? God's not even going to care about what you're giving up because you're giving in to all the wrong things. Listen to that again. God did not care what they were giving up in their fast because they were giving in to bad attitude, to wrong actions, to uh, using words that could wound He said, you're treating people badly. You're treating them harshly. You're impatient. You're fighting and quarreling. You walk around looking sad. That when he talked about the bowing of the reed, that's what he's talking about. He said, you're walking around with the woe is me attitude. Oh, poor me. Man, I gave up lunch today. And God said, well, I'm not going to answer that. Uh, I'm not going to be okay with that. You should be celebrating you're getting closer to me. You should be more energized in your prayer. You shouldn't be (laughs) so fixated on what you're missing out on, but what you're getting as you draw close to me. See, the message message is that when you and I are fasting, we should be more joyful, more loving, more caring, more self-denial going on. So, yeah, let's say I'm hungry. Let's say I get irritable. Well, you know what? I deny that and I act loving because I love God. Because I have a faith in God, so I want to be faithful. And the people I supervise at work ought to be treated great. The people that I work with ought to know a joy in their lives. My family, my family ought to be rewarded with a good attitude. By the way, God is not only saying this about fasting. This is just in in general. If you're an irritable, mean-spirited person, God's not going to bless you. You need to know that. Your attitude could be your problem. Your attitude could be your problem. And it could hold you away from everything God has for you. By the way, this could even be true towards your pets. Uh, It really could be. Uh, It's interesting. When you look in the Old Testament, uh, there's Abraham, who's the father of faith. He had a son named Isaac and a grandson named Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, and Jacob's about to die. He's about, and he knows it. He knows it's very close. So he's going to do what men back then did. And by the way, even men today do. Uh, It's very often when they know they're going to die, they gather their family together, and they pronounce blessings over them. 
And if you're righteous in what you're doing and faithful to God, God will actually actually act on that blessing. And he'll enact that blessing. So he gathers his 12 sons together, Jacob does. And Jacob comes to two of them and he refuses to bless them. It's Simeon and Levi. And he will not pronounce blessing over them. And I want you to look at why. It says in Genesis 49, verse 5, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are implements of violence. Let my soul, Jacob said, not enter into their council. Let not my glory be united with their assembly. Because in their anger, they slew men. And in their self-will, they lamed an oxen. Isn't it interesting? He said, your anger and the way you treated people, I can't bless you. And there was an animal. One animal, because of your irritability that suffered, because of your stubbornness and your self-will. We are not to live by self-will, but God's will. Because your self-will, that one animal, God said, I saw that. And he said, I am not. I am not going to bless you. All the blessings they could have had, they'd never have. The other brothers get blessed, uh, and they go on to experience the blessing. So I want to bring it back to us. All of the blessings God wants you to have could be yours. You see, the Bible says when you're living with God the way you should, it says, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it ever entered your imagination. All that God has prepared for those who love him. And God said, I'm going to reveal it to you, give it to you, unless... You put up roadblocks against it by having bad attitude, by being religious and not righteous, by not being loving and caring, by transgressing the commands I have in Scripture, and by sinning against me. See, but, you know, a lot of people, they're disappointed in God, but God has always said that. He's been so clear about it. And he tells Isaiah, shout it out. Cry loudly. Be loud and clear. If you are sinning, I'm not going to bless you. If you're transgressing, I'm not going to bless you. If you're mean-spirited, I'm not going to bless you. If you have a bad attitude, if you're a negative person, by the way, even in here, that's in here. Woe is me. I'm not going to bless you. So God gives them advice. Uh, Later on, I want you to look at it. It's in Isaiah 58, verses 6 and 7. But let me just sum it up pretty quickly for sake of time. God said, here's what I want you to do instead. If you want my blessing, I want you to act lovingly and show care. Number one, act lovingly and show care. Number Number two, give to those in need. I want you to give to those who are in need. So act lovingly and show cares, number one. Give to those in need, number two. And number three, help people who are in trouble. If you do that, God said, instead of being irritable and self-centered and self-willed and mean, I will bless you. And he said, my promises will come upon you. And, and I want you to read along what the promises are. Isaiah 58, verse 8, it says, Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Ooh, did you hear that? Your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You're going to get answered prayer, but even better, God said, I will say, yes, I am here, and quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop 
pointing the finger in vicious rumors. By the way, did you catch that one? Stop spreading vicious rumors. By the way, I want to stop on that one. Christians, come on. Now, if you're not a Christian, I, I think you're going to agree with me. But come on, Christians, Christ followers, let's stop spreading vicious rumors. How many people's social media right now is just nothing but spreading vicious rumors? And uh, it's just embarrassing. And I, I think it's embarrassing to the name of God. And he said, I want you to stop doing that. And then in verses 10 and 11, listen to what he says. Feed the hungry, help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you're dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. God said, do you realize what life's going to be like for you if you would do what I tell you to do and be the kind of person I want you to be? He said, I will bring healing quickly to you and I will bring healing to many of your relationships. I will lead you. I will guide you. You know, some of you right now, you're wondering, what, what, what decision should I make? God said, I will, I will be with you. I'll lead you, guide you. You're going to know it's me. You're going to know it's me. Uh, some of you right now are wondering, uh, should I move to Montana? Uh, by the way, all you watching in Montana, get ready. California people are coming. <laughs> but should you do it? Uh, it seems like so many people in California, I'm going, to, I'm going to either move to Montana or Texas or North Carolina. I just want out of California. <laughs> by the way, anybody feeling that way, put it in the chat. <laughs> uh, we're still family, though. We're still family. But you know what? Here's the thing. That's a big decision. And God may want you to make that decision. But you know what you got to do? You got to be right with God to get his guidance. And he'll give you guidance. He'll show you what to do. Uh, should you marry that person that you have been dating? God will show you. Uh, should you even date that person you're interested in? God will show you. Um, should you uh, uh, take that job? Should you go back to graduate school? Should you... Uh, um, you know, God said, I'll show you. Should you buy that new house? God said, I'll lead and guide you. And he promises to do that. And when it happens and you know it's God, it's like amazing. It's like extra special. So God said, I will answer your prayers quickly and you will be a light that shines in the darkness. And then God says this, I'll give you vitality. I'll give you strength and you will love life. Did you hear that? God said, you're going to love life. You're going to love life. Not that it's always easy, by the way, uh, but you're going to love interacting with God. And you're not going to feel like, maybe, it, maybe it'd be better. I thought being a Christian would be better. No, you're actually going to know there's no better life. There's no better way to live. God said, that's what I want for you. And, and, and remember, Isaiah was to shout this message, cry out loud this message. And Isaiah was told, I want you to be loud and clear. Your fasting needs to be right because your attitude needs to be right. And you need to have loving, caring attitude. You need to want to help other people. And then Isaiah uh, goes in Isaiah 58 on, and he says, you got to practice Sabbath correctly. Now, we're not going to delve into that one right now. And then in Isaiah 59, it's the same section. He said, you got to pray right. Now, 
Fasting and prayer go together, but now Isaiah is going to get very specific about prayer. We only fast at times, but we pray always. And so here's what happens. Isaiah says, all right, I'm going to tell you about prayer right now, why you're not getting answers. And in Isaiah 59 verse 1, it says this, the Lord says through Isaiah, behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you, so he does not hear. God said, my, my arm isn't so short that I couldn't reach down right now and save you. I couldn't reach down right now and help you. I could be there in the moment and acting a mighty, mighty miracle on your behalf, interceding on that problem, creating a way where you don't know there's a way. I could come do that, God says. My hand could do that. And it's not so short that I can't reach you, but I won't. I won't. I won't because sin has made a separation between you and I. Iniquity is the idea of sins have kept that from you. He goes, it's not that my ear's dull. I can't hear. God said, I hear fine. I've just quit listening. You ever done that to somebody? They're talking and talking and talking. And you're like, I'm just done. They keep talking, but you're not listening. Anybody? <laughs> put it in the chat. No, don't put it in the chat. Don't put it in the chat. <laughs> God said, though, I'm not going to listen and I'm not going to reach down and help. Until you repent. Until you repent. So in Isaiah 58, he said, you got to change your ways. Isaiah 59, here's what he's saying. you got to change your ways. Jesus said, I, if, if I start answering your prayers, your joy is going to be full. But Jesus is telling you, and he's telling me, you got to be right with me. Jesus needs to be your Lord. He needs to be your Savior. And so you need to repent. Now, the word repent, if you're brand new, is one of the most incredible words in the Bible, and it's not mean. A lot of people think that, you know, Pastor Chuck, why aren't you preaching repentance? And that, by that they mean, I should stand up and say, you are so sinful, you are so dirty, you are so what? And, and that's not repentance. So I want to preach repentance right now. Get ready. You can change. You can change. God loves you. God cares about you. God will help you. If you have a bad attitude, God will give you a good attitude. You're in the midst of a sinful habit you can't break. God will give you the power to break free from it. You're under a weight that's pushing you down and making you feel like you're almost drowning. God said, I'll lift you up. I'll lift that off. I'll set you free. Maybe it's something from your past that keeps haunting you. So that ghost from the past could be exercised and driven away. And God said, I will tell you that if you turn to me, that's what repent means. If you turn to me and say, I'm ready to change my ways, God will be the one who will create real change. You'll be a brand new creation. And he wants it for you because he loves you and he cares about you. And God in his kindness says, come. Let's change this together. By the way, you can't get there without God. Too many people make this mistake. Listen, listen, listen. They think, all right, if I'm going to be a Christian, I'll make all the changes so I'm living the Christian life, then I'll become one. 
See, you can't do that because it won't work. Nobody can live the Christian life apart from Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. So the answer isn't to get right. The answer is to open up to him and let him love you, care for you, transform you, and make you different and new and alive. Make you who he always created you to be. And how do you do that? Well, the Bible says real change comes, real transformation takes place when you do two things. Number one, you pray and you ask him. Uh, uh, That's the number one prayer he wants to answer that starts all the other answered prayers where you say, God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my transgressions. Forgive me of my iniquities. Jesus died on the cross for you to be forgiven. So you ask for forgiveness based on what he did for you. Then say, I want to commit my life to you. I want you to make me new. I want you to make me alive. And this is the best part. I want you to make me yours. And then God God does that. God does that in a way that's mind-blowing to me. He adopts you as his child. He loves you and he cares for you. The Bible says he causes you to be born again so you could be a child of God. In other words, he's really your father. And you live life with your dad, with your father. So the first step is to pray. The second step is to make it known. So it starts by privately praying, even though you could pray with other people, and then you need to make it known. And so I want to tell you, something happens when you have the courage to make it known. And so Jesus calls for us to do that. The the clear pattern of Scripture is you do that. So right now, uh, if you're watching online with me, I want you to do this. I want you, if you're ready to pray that prayer where you commit your life to the Lord, either for the first time or to recommit, I'm going to ask you to pray the prayer with me. You could do it alone. You could do it as a couple. You could do it as friends. You could do it as family. Uh, uh, You could do it, uh, uh, you know, however you want to do it. You just pray that prayer. And then after you pray the prayer or even before you pray the prayer, I want you to text. Amen to 69922. Text Amen to 69922. You can use your phone. uh, You can use your iPad. uh, You can use a computer. However you text, text Amen. And Amen means the truth. It means for real to 69922. Now listen to this. Jesus said these words. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone would open up to me, I would come in and I would share life with him in a deep way. That's what the word he means. And, and here's what Jesus wants to come in. Right now he's knocking. For some of you, he's knocking. It might be some of you have never given your life to him. He's knocking. It might be some of you who are Christians, but you got disappointed in him. And he said, you know what? Come back to me. Come back to the love. He's knocking. Some of you right now are caught up in things you shouldn't be. And you need to either come back to God or come to the Lord. He's knocking. And right now is your time. I'm going to lead that prayer. And by the way, I hope all of you who are right with God will pray for people to pray this prayer. Ask God to move. Ask God to touch their heart in a special way. But I'm going to lead this prayer right now, and I hope you pray it with me. I really do. And then I hope you text in. Let's pray. Say, Father, I know you love me. And I know, Jesus, you died on the cross for me and you died for my sins. 
I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything that holds me down or holds me back. But most of all, say most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. And if those are the only words you can say, get them out. I say yes right now. Seriously, if that's all you can say, just go, I say yes. I say yes. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours in Jesus' name. And here's the word, amen, amen. Now, by the way, again, if you pray that prayer, praise God. If you wish you prayed that prayer, just say the words, I say yes, I say yes. Then right away, text us. Text us, amen. And let me tell you what's going to happen. We're going to get right back to you because we care about you. We want to know your name. Don't hide out from us. Remember, the first two steps are number one, pray the prayer. Number two, make it known. Don't hide out from us. Tell us your name. And then we're going to get back to you to find out a little bit more so we can send you a free gift. We want to send you an electronic copy of one of the best-selling books of all time, The Purpose Driven Life. It's free. It's free. It's our gift to you so that you can know the next steps to take to get closer to God. So we want to give that to you, one of the best-selling books of all time that will help you live out your purpose. So don't hide out. Let us know about it, uh, uh, who you are. Give us your name because we care about you. Let us know a little bit of information so we can keep in contact with you. We want to connect with you. You matter to God and you matter to us and we want to help you. So praise God if you made that decision. Uh, praise God if it's for a first timer to recommit. By the way, uh, don't forget Wednesday night, big change. The Wednesday night watch party's coming. Wednesday night watch party's coming. And, and it's at 7 o'clock this Wednesday. We'll continue our series on behind the scenes in a fun and interactive way. Can't wait to be with you guys on it. And by the way, praise God and may God May God fulfill his promises in your life. May God's power be with you in a way you can't miss. May God answer your prayers and may God show you his direction, give you guidance, and help you know the choices to make.